Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Awesome. So, we are busy going through the book of Colossians. Um, and yeah, we, we've basically just finished um, the first book, Colossians 1. And uh, tonight we are going to discuss um, Colossians 2, but from verse 16 um, to 23. Uh, the first few verses in Colossians 2, Jan is going to share about um, next week. I'm going to skip a few, um, so, uh, it's, but it's, it's full. It's really loaded, okay. But I just want to give us maybe a recap um, of Colossians and what happened. So the book of Colossians were written by Paul to the church of Colossa. And um, it was written because there was sickness in this church. Colossians was, was also built um, on a route where a lot of people traveled through from other religions. So there was a lot of infiltration, um, which was from other religions or also, and, and Jewish religions, and I think a few weeks back when we spoke about the introduction, we, we mentioned a few of those, and a lot of them um, is mentioned in this part. Um, we, we spoke a while ago about um, the lie that Jesus was not fully God, yeah? and um, Paul is, is addressing a few other things, yeah? that is in this in this church lies they believed and um, it's it's anti-truths and threats our faith eh? and we we are going to discuss how this applies our lives today eh? and uh, and elaborate a bit on that so few, there's three things main things that all addresses um, in 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 this this eight verses from verse 16 to 23. The first one is legalism. Anyone knows what that is? Yeah, second one is mystism. Anyone knows what that is? Then asceticism or asceticism. And we are going to <laughs> go slowly through, through each of this. Um, it's really easy. It's, it's just big words. Um, but we are going to, to take it down. So the first one that we are going to maybe spend some more time on tonight is legalism. Um, basically the mentality of, of, of a Pharisee. Okay? Having do things for the approval of God, right? I, basically a mentality of I will earn my way to God with, with certain deeds. And we can, we can look at other religions. Okay? If we, we look at any religion that comes to your mind, it can be broken down into two things. The one is human accomplishment, okay? something that I do, or divine accomplishment. Um, so, it, we, inevitably, the only one that we, we are interested in is the one that Jesus gave it all, and he did it all. The divine accomplishment one. Okay. So, if there's anything that we add to our salvation, it's, it's dead works. But when we believe in Jesus, our hearts change and we do good works out of that place. Amen? 
Ephesians 2 says, for by grace you have been saved. Nothing you did. Okay. So that is the first thing that Paul is addressing. Maybe just to, to carry on on that subject, when we add anything to our salvation, if we, if we think of other religions, things get quite wacky. Nah, things get quite crazy. I, I don't know um, if, if you think of other religions and what they do to get an approval or a bribe. They try to bribe God or get the approval of God. And I want to mention only two things. There's, there's, there was a lot of things when I went through um, the internet. The internet is scary, eh? <laughs> but when I went through some, some trustable sources, um, and I want to mention two things that's maybe less, less wacky than the others, but uh, I just want to, to give you an idea. So the Muslims... And the Hindus, they, what they do is they throw their children's, children off a tower when they, they're about one or two years old. And they hope, okay, so there's people catching them, I hope. <laughs> they say they do. I don't, know, I don't know if they survive always. But um, they, in, in the hope that these children will get lucky or that they will be smarter. It's weird, man. Then there's, there's other people who call themselves the penitents, penitites, who flog themselves, basically mocking the crucifixion, okay? getting their approval of their God. Okay? So when, and th- this, this, this starts with a small lie. Okay? This starts with small things where we miss Jesus, okay? where we miss the heart of Jesus. And it's so important that when we look at our faith, are we, is our hearts really to be here for Jesus? No? That's the main thing. A.W. Tozer says that it was religion, dead religion of course, that put Christ on the cross. Okay? Some kind of religion. A religion, the definition of religion is only to believe in some superpower, no? in something bigger than, than, than us. And the issue that we face today is that the world teaches us that you, you can, your opinion matters. Eh? People don't want to force anything onto you. And therefore, whatever you want to do, you can do that. Eh? Um, not not crime-wise, but belief-wise. And it's, it's so scary. Um, the, the, the only thing... In Satanism, the law in Satanism is you can do whatever you want. It's the only rule that they have. is that you can do whatever you want. Né? And that's what the world teaches us. It, it tends, and we, we tend to take a small bit, not, not massive amounts, but we tend to take some of this into our faith. Now, I, I want a bit of this. Instead of I'm submitting my will whatever Jesus says. And it's like a buffet. Eh? We have all been to a buffet. Eh? You can choose what you want to eat. And we, we, we tend to do that. We tend to say, I like this part of Christianity, but I don't like that part. And this one, that makes me feel holy, so let's do this. But I don't like that. I don't like that much to love people. 
but I love to fast. I look, I look very holy when I do that. It's just some examples. And I like to come to church because then people can see. And I'm not saying that's your heart tonight. I'm, I'm explaining the dangers okay, to our faith and to our hearts. Why are we coming? Why are we here? Why are we following Jesus? This is happening and this is what was happening in the church of Colossians. They start to miss Jesus. And when we start to miss Jesus, we start to miss everything else. Okay, so let's go through the passage. The, the topic tonight is keep it simple. Okay? Jesus wants us to have a childlike faith. But to have faith in him is the most important thing. This is eternal life. John 17, that they may know you. Yeah. Exactly what Vian also shared. A relationship with Jesus. That's eternal life. That they may know you. Okay, so let's, let's start. Let's dive in from Colossians 2. Start at verse 16. Read with me. <clears throat> Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink. Or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come. But the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one disqualify you insisting on asceticism and worship of angels. Going on in detail about visions. Puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind. Sensuous is basically fleshly, worldly. And not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body, nourished and knit together through each joints and ligaments, grows with the growth that is from God. If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? And then it's like, do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These referring to things that all perish as they are used, according to human precepts and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. Sure. So I just want to start off the first word this passage starts with this therefore. And therefore also, and always means, refers back to what happened. Eh? So just to refer back to verse 8, it says, it's not on the board, but you can listen. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. Eh? They didn't need this philosophy or this wisdom that... Some people came and taught them. And in verse 11 it says that in Christ we have been circumcised. Verse 13 and 14 says we have been freed from the burden of guilt and forgiven. And then in verse 15 it says that we have now victory over Satan because Jesus died. And therefore, let no one pass judgment. Okay, now this is where we are now. Okay, so in Galatians, um, in the book of Galatians, Paul focused a lot on circumcision. There was this problem of they, they wanted to circumcise. Né? Oh, in, in, in Colossians, there, was, there are different problems. There are two, two things that, that Paul is uh, addressing here. The first one is, is diets. 
Yeah, let no one pass judgment on questions of food and drink. And the second one is days. Or with regard to a festival or a new moon. So diets and days. And we know that Jesus spoke on this matter in the New Testament. Spoke in Matthew 15. He says that it doesn't matter what you eat. It goes through the body. It cannot defile you. It's what's on the inside that's defiling us. He points at the heart from the start. Jesus is saying what's on the inside is what defiles us. This is... What, what, what will be the challenge tonight for, for us is to identify the things that we do for our salvation or that we do maybe out of a, a repetition or out of a routine and that, that is a dead thing. Okay, so be awake and, uh, and write that down. If something, something comes to mind, Jesus is here speaking to the heart. It goes much deeper. So the first one is diets. And then it goes on. I'm going to focus on days right now. I'm just going to read us verse 17, which says, These are a shadow. The things that we just mentioned, those diets and days, and whether you must do it or not, these are a shadow of the things to come. But the substance belongs to Christ. Interesting verse. What does that mean? Yeah, Paul is, is actually referring to a shadow of a man. Um, where if, if you walk outside and you see your own shadow, he's referring to these things or the shadow. And the man, the substance, is Jesus. The same way that we are not going to hug the shadow of our wives, we, we will hug our wife. Right? She's the substance, right? not the shadow. The same thing, the same image Paul is using and saying that Jesus is the real thing. I mean, this, is, this is what he came for. I mean, he's, the, he's the real thing. Jesus is the reality of these things to do or not to do in the Sabbath or, or not to do the Sabbath. He says in Matthew 5, Do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. And there's two things that Jesus is saying. The first thing he's, he's saying is he, he've come to, to actually complete this law perfectly. You know? He fulfilled this law. He did it all because we couldn't do it. And the second thing that he's saying is that through faith in him, you can also fulfill the law because he fulfilled it perfectly. Okay, and that's, that's special. There's this image of in those time of the Israelites when they came to offer their, their little sheep. You know? They, they come to the priest with their sheep. And what does the priest do? He, he inspects the sheep or this, this little goat. He does not inspect the man. He inspects the sheep. And therefore, we, we are through faith in Jesus. We are accepted by God. He came to fulfill the law. Let's look at this, this example of the Sabbath that we mentioned a bit earlier. Um, the Sabbath is, is all about resting. Man. God gave the Israelites the command to rest, to have a rest day. But we see in the New Testament, Jesus came to fulfill this law, like I just said. How, how does that look? 
Jesus came to fulfill it, and in the New Testament, he says that we can now rest in him. In Matthew 11, he says, come to me, all who are heavy laden. And we can rest in him. And we don't have to, to rest in the work that we need to do, but to rest in the finished work of Jesus on the cross. It says that we can worship God also any day that we want. If we, if we read Romans 14, it's not, it's not on the board, but it says, one person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. And therefore, if you, if you want to worship on a Sunday, great. You do that. It's, it's practically better. We are here on a Sunday, man. But, but do not pass judgment. Eh? And I'm, I'm one of the, the guys that believe that we should worship God every day. Eh? Because we can rest in the finished work of Jesus. Not one day a week, but seven days a week, all the time. He, he came and he was the perfect sacrifice. But also, Jesus is saying, I did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. And therefore, we, we do not throw away the law. God gives us some, some good, um, so we need to rest and therefore rest and therefore take a day, a week and spend time on something different. Take a rest, obviously do it, do it in the right way. Take a rest in Jesus. And there's, there's some, some, some good um, information that God is giving us, not to abolish this law, to still follow it. And if we look maybe at, at something different that's not mentioned here, like, like coming to church, as I mentioned earlier, eh, to get to the heart. Why, why am I coming to church? Eh? Why am I serving? Why am I here? Because we can easily do it for the wrong reason. Eh, to tick a box, like that buffet we mentioned. Like, I like church because maybe people see me, wrong reason. Am I here to grow? Am I here to, to stir one another? We see in Hebrews 10, the Bible speaks and he says that do not neglect to meet with one another. Eh? So it's important to come to church. But Jesus is pointing to the heart. Why am I here? Why am I coming? And to answer that to yourself. There's things that you do in the name of faith, in the name of Christianity. Your heart is not aligned to what, to what Jesus is saying. Okay? There's a beautiful song. We've sung it before. It's the song of I'm coming back to the heart of worship. You know that song, right? It says, he searches much deeper within to the way things appear. He's looking into my heart. And therefore, I'm coming back. To the heart of worship. That's, that's so important. I'm coming back to the heart of what you want me to do. If we read Hebrews 10 verse 1. You can read with me. For since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come. Instead of the true form of these realities. Again that word of a shadow. It can never by the same sacrifices that are continually Offered every year, make perfect those who draw near. And again, the writer of Hebrews is here using that example. He's using that example of 
of when the Israelites made the sacrifices. Jesus was the perfect sacrifice and therefore it only had to happen once. And it was perfect. If the, if the sacrifices of animals were sufficient, they had only, they could, it would have been discontinued at some stage. But they had to come every year to remind them of their sin. And praise God that he sent his son. We didn't have to do that. He sent his perfect son. And therefore, faith in the finished work of Jesus on the cross is the only way to be acceptable to God. Amen? The only way. Nothing that we add, nothing that we can do. Then it's legalism, eh? And it's being legalistic. And this is a, it's a problem, eh? Why, why are we hammering this legalism thing? Why, why am I focusing so much about it? Because we can, we can tick all the boxes, eh? Our Afrikaners, we like to tick everything. Eh? We, we are good. And we are bright, prideful sometimes. But we can tick every box and miss Jesus' heart. And I want to go as far as to say, be unsaved. We can tick all the boxes and be on our way to hell. Eh? This, this is rough. So to, to think about it, if I tick a box, is it, is it because my heart is there, is in it? Né? Chuck Swindle says, let legalism have enough rope and there will be a lynching of all new ideas and fresh thinking and innovative programs. He's saying that legalism, you need to do all kinds of new things always. If you're always thinking, what can I do new for Jesus? I, I want to impress him again. Yeah, that, that, that's the... The thing that pushes legalism is, what can I do to impress people maybe? People in the church. To, to search our hearts for that. When the rich young man came to Jesus, he had all his boxes ticked. Every one of them. But Jesus knew his heart. And he told him, go and sell everything that you have and follow me. And he couldn't. Because he was worshipping what he had. Beautiful what, what Sona also shared. If you, if you look much deeper within, Lord, if you are coming today, will I be glad? Eh? He goes much deeper within there. Eh? Okay, Galatians 3, also on this topic. <laughs> Let's go through it. Galatians 3 from verse 23, it says, Now before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed when Jesus came there. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God. Now we are not under guardian, but Jesus sent his helper, the Holy Spirit. But it's, it's difficult for us sometimes. We, we like to have rules. We like to stick. This I can do, this I cannot do. And um, when I think of, of this, I, I think of 
of children, eh, raising, raising a child, we have to be legalistic in the beginning. Eh? Don't touch that, you're going to burn. Eh? Don't go near the swimming pool, you're going to fall in. Eh? We have to be legalistic, but we hope that someday they'll understand why. And that at the age of 26, you don't have to tell him, hey, don't go there, you'll burn. <laughs> and, so, and, and that is how the Holy Spirit is guiding us. There's, God wants to guide us. There's, there's, I've had a, a lot of conversations where it's difficult things. People, they want to go overseas or they want to ask whether they must change jobs. And then they want me to give them an answer. And I'm like, I don't know. You know, ask the Holy Spirit. Then I'm like, oh, yes. And they, they're basically a bit disappointed. <laughs> they, want, they wanted me to give them a rule. You know, if this and this, yes. And that, that's not always how, how it works. God wants to lead us by his Holy Spirit. And if you are someone that maybe lives only for rules in, in Christianity, then, then that relationship with Jesus is is either non-existent or lacking. And we, need, we need to be willing to stop and listen eh, to what the Holy Spirit is leading us to. And this comes out of a relationship like Brown also shared. So that's the first topic. That's legalism. The second two will be a bit quicker. So let's read from verse 18. The second topic Will, will address that Paul addresses is, is mysticism. And mysticism, just before we read, it's not necessarily bad, but the definition of mysticism is it's the desire to have a, a deeper spiritual experience with God, which is not necessarily a bad thing. When does it become bad? Oh, let's get into it. I, let's read verse 18 first. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and the worship of angels. And here's the part where we're going to focus on. Going on in detail about visions, puffed up without reason by a sensuous mind. And the sensuous mind, some other um, translations also translate it as a fleshly mind. Without reason, we are puffed up. We're prideful maybe, yeah? and puffed up. So when does, when does mysticism wanting a relate, uh, uh, experience become bad? It becomes bad when only that matters, right? When only an experience matters. How was worship? No, it was great. Therefore, the church are great. It made me feel wowy. <laughs> Whatever you, your vocabulary is. But it makes me feel great inside and therefore church was great. Okay, and this, is, this, is, this gets very, very dangerous. Yeah, if we take only feelings and moods and perceptions, because those things, they are subjective. It's not based on the truth. If we see mysticism, actually, it actually, you can, you can pull a line to it in the world as well. These days, if you, if you want to be or feel like you're a cat, you can be a cat. Yeah. You, you can be a man, you can be whatever you want to. And if that comes into the church, we are in big trouble. 
Because now we start to deny truths based on what we are feeling. And this is really important. Puffed up without reason by some by our fleshly minds. This is this is something to to look into. If if this is in in your heart in any way, if if I come to church for for some experience, um, there's obviously other examples as well. But to really test our hearts, do I do I really want the truth? Is Bible study for me, the Word of God, more more important than how I feel? Something, some things to meditate on. Ask yourself the questions. The last one is, is asceticism. And I want to read for us. It's a bit further down the slides, Jurgens, but it's from verse 21. It says, do not, do not handle, do not taste, and do not touch. And these referring to the things that all perish as they are used according to human precepts and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom. These things may look nice, may look holy. These have an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body. But they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. This make, makes us, if, if, we, if we partake in asceticism, it, it's some stuff that we, do, that we do not do to get the favor of God. Almost an easy example is fasting. Man. I do not eat, but what's my heart? Fasting is a good thing. Don't misunderstand me. Eh, man. But if I do it to, to, get, to bribe God or to get an answer for God, sometimes... We fast because we want some answer. It's actually a work-based gospel you are living out. Working for God to answer me. I'm sure God honors it when we fast. But our hearts towards fasting must be, I want to draw near. That's why we fast. Not to feel more acceptable to God or to anyone may look holy, it, make, it can actually make you feel holy. Make me feel nice, check me. Man. This is interesting because Paul says to Timothy that asceticism will rise in the end times. If we read from 1 Timothy 4, it says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in later times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared, who forbid marriage, so they're keeping themselves from marriage and requiring abstinence from foods that God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For everything created by God is good. And nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. This is the leer, this is the ass that wants to make us do these things. It makes us feel good. 
makes us feel holy. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom. It, it looks, if you look at someone fasting or looking miserable, what did, what did Jesus say about fasting? He says, don't go and, and tell people that you are fasting, right? Well, this guy's feeling miserable. He must be really holy. No, it's not the way. Don't let anyone know. Because external rules does not produce internal righteousness or change. Any rules that I'm following does not produce a better relationship with Jesus. In fact, if we partake in asceticism, it feeds pride. Prideful. There's good reasons for things like like fasting, but, but be careful for asceticism. We're ending off um, John 15. Jesus says this beautiful verse. He says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you Abide in me, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. Abide in him. True spiritual maturity comes not from rule keeping or empty religion. Amen. Or doing some nice things. It's from Abiding in Jesus. And the wonderful thing when we abide in Jesus and when we accept Jesus as our Lord and our Savior, He puts desires in our hearts to do good works. Amen. We want to read our Bibles. Ten years back when when I didn't know the Lord, I didn't want to read my Bible. I didn't understand it. Then God came and He saved me. Now I want to read my Bible and I want to partake in discussions about Jesus. And is that, is that your heart? Ask the question, do you want to read your Bible? Do you want to know Jesus? And if not, luckily you can accept him any day. You can accept him today. Maybe if you feel like you've drawn away, you can accept him. Take up your cross and follow me. That's what he says. But it's not going to to happen if we are passive. It's a nice, it's a beautiful saying. It says that dead religion is the story that sinful people want to do for God, what we want. But the gospel is what God came to do for sinful people. He came already. He's done the, the job. We just need to accept it. There's a present, eh? if I come and I put, uh, I don't know, a Ferrari here in front, it can stay here. If you don't accept it, it will stay here. The transaction won't be completed. We need to accept what Jesus gives us, what he already has paid for. There's many faiths and many religions, but there's only one gospel. It's important. Okay, so... Will you stand with me and let's, let's pray through this. And I want to give you um, 
you know, just a chance to, to reflect and maybe just to pray. Tell God your heart. He just wants our hearts. Now he wants a relationship with us. Amen. So let's just close our, our eyes. Now Lord, as our, our heads are bowed, Lord, we, we just want to say that we, we worship you and we love you. Sometimes we say this, but we struggle to live that way. We have, we have idols, we have things that we love. And we just want to repent, Lord, of putting anything else on the, on our, on our, on the throne of our hearts. Lord, we want to put you on the throne of our hearts. And if you haven't made that decision in your life before, just tell Jesus, Lord, I, I want to take up my cross. Give me grace. I, I want to accept you. Maybe if you feel that you've drawn away, you have a lot of things going on, just repent of that busy life. Say, Lord, I want to I turn back to you. The relationship is more important for me. I'm just going to give you a few seconds. Just, just there where you are, just lift your voice to whatever the Holy Spirit is showing you. for open hearts Lord we pray for discernment Lord that you show us Lord what is those things Lord that we that we worship Lord or that we do Lord out of a dead place things that we add to our salvation Lord without coming to you first we just want to repent Lord of anything like that help us and guide us through this week Lord you want to enter into a personal relationship with you, Jesus. Thank you that you want a personal relationship with us and that you are standing with your arms open wide, picking up your cloak, running at us. And we thank you, Lord, for this amazing gift, Lord, that you gave us, already paid for. Pray, Lord, that we will accept this, Lord truly accept this and understand what it means. In Jesus' name. Amen.